0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers close in on the signing of Dujon Sterling. Matt O'Reilly is looking forward to a unique but fun experience heading to Ibrox with no away fans and Scotland confirm a glamour friendly against France. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. It's another big weekend ahead and not just for the awards ceremony on Sunday night where someone will be crowned Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year but it's Celtic v Rangers once again and it's a chance for Ange Postecoglou's side to stretch her lead even further to 16 points and then of course after that falls the relegation battle still plenty teams in the mix that could go down fantastic weekend in store yeah nominees are out for PFA Player of the Year um, you guys will be looking forward to that on Sunday night I wonder what the, the fans think of the nominees obviously Hugh and I had to second guess on Tuesday both of us spot on with our four and looking forward to the start of the weekend, and that starts tomorrow night, uh, Queen's Park v. Um, Partick Thistle. Oh, 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 good start to the show. That's a good start for you. Uh, Queen's Park, uh, I'll be eight second delay, please, Andrew, <laughs> if you don't mind. Queen's Park v. Partick Thistle, uh, 3 4, the score, and I think we'll get more goals tomorrow night, and then a fantastic weekend of football. Yeah, it's not often we get to Thursday on a week where Celtic and Rangers are playing each other and there hasn't been too much chat about it. There's been a lot going on. We know Celtic won the title last weekend. There's then been the PFA nominations. A lot of chat about that last night. I'm sure people will have loads of opinions going into this game at Ibrox as well this weekend, Mark. Well, well I think it's because we've had so many uh, in you know, recent weeks that and the league's obviously done, that the hype hasn't been as big, but I think it should be because, well... Quite unique in terms of We're going into a game No Celtic fans at Ibrox Michael Beale um, Is this his fifth game Or, or sixth game against Celtic Fifth or sixth anyway It hasn't come out victorious in any So the pressure then builds on him um, For those Rangers players um, A chance to show that they can compete at this level And finish the season actually beating Celtic And for Celtic Like I said at the start Ange Postecoglou's team can go 16 points clear Which is huge Go a full season without Defeat against Rangers So it's It's a big one And it should be Labelled that way I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to Seeing how Celtic adapt To having no fans We all know That Celtic's fan base Play a huge part In, in how they play we, we understand that How they're going to do Going to Ibrox With 50,000 Rangers fans Breathing down their necks um, Backs against the wall And how will the Rangers players Deal with the pressure Having 50,000 We saw how Celtic Dealt with at Celtic Park I think it'll be An intriguing afternoon again Yeah nothing to play for In terms of league places But they're never meaningless These games between Celtic and Rangers There's always something And Mark sort of outlined What's at stake for both sides Yeah I think it's very very important I know some of the fans Are playing it down a bit I can totally understand that Rangers fans saying Well we just want the end of the season Celtic fans Don't really care We are concentrating the treble Totally get that But as a Rangers point of view You don't want the champions turning up at your own pitch And, and, and winning the game When Mark Quirley says You've got over 49,000 Rangers fans packed into that stadium. And for the Celtic point of view, you want to turn up there and basically 
put your chest out and say this is why we are a champion so I still think there's an important game ahead yeah well there's a taster of what Gordon DL and Mark Wilson think but we want to hear what you think as well at home 01419511025 maybe you've got some thoughts on the PFA player and young player nominees that were announced yesterday there was plenty of chat about that yesterday but I'm sure there's more to come on that the small matter of Rangers hosting Celtic at Ibrox on Saturday not really heard too much on the phones yet about that maybe you're interested in team news or what the game means for your side so we want to hear from you there's lower league playoff Scotland announcing that glamour friendly against France as well anything else that's on your mind 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and also is the time of year where the transfer news starts to ramp up as well there's certainly strong reports down south Mark that Rangers are closing in on the signing of Dujon Sterling who's a, a right back that has come through the ranks at Chelsea he spent the season on loan at Stoke City he's out of contract this summer a player Michael Beale knows as well from his time as a youth coach at Chelsea it seems like the, the kind of marketplace that Michael Beale's going to shop in now we got a, a fair glimpse of what Ange Postacoglu um, was going to shop in with the Japanese market uh, and Asian market Michael Beale seems to be going down that route um, now a right back you've got to say James Tavenier is never injured and he, he always performs well he always gives so much to the team in terms of goals and assists uh, defensively okay I, I, I'll still question him um, so I think it's right that you need some competition we've seen others kind of come into the free at Ibrox and then sit on the bench for a while and Weave and Patterson was the, the bigger name one who Rangers recouped tremendous money for but I don't think it's a bad thing that James Tavenier would have a bit of competition to, to push him in that department also gives you the option of moving him No people often say that but Michael Beale I'm sure will want his business done very quickly I'm sure he'll want as many bodies in the building for day one of pre-season that he can get because he doesn't want to start slow because the way he's finishing the season the pressure would be on him immediately if he starts slow Yeah I mean Michael Beale has talked about this now being a rebuild in the summer mm-hmm. that means strengthening the starting 11 but it also means strengthening the squad as well the only backup Rangers have had this season to James Tavernier is Adam Devine who's been in and out the team he's played right back and left back but hasn't had too much of an opportunity is either a backup or competition to James Tavernier something you think Rangers need at the moment? Um, I, I think that they need a full uh, revamp of the squad I think they need uh, like basically what Celtic have got if you look at Celtic starting 11 they've got competition in every place and quality as well you look at the quality that comes off the bench for Celtic usually turns of games when they want or scores goals or, you know influences the game so that's what Rangers are looking to do I do agree with Mark. I think that they've got to do their business very quickly. I think the fans will be desperate to see what's going on behind the scenes once everybody finds out who's going to depart the building. And I think there'll be a few. You touch on Young Define. He's not let Rangers down every time I've seen him come in. Uh, Maybe a bit unfair in the boy that if they do sign another right back, it pushes them in the pecking order. You look over the left-hand side, you've got Barisic still there, Yilmaz still there. So it's another young player that's getting pushed back in the pecking order for me. But I do agree that Rangers have got to start being positive moving forward. You look at the difference at Celtic. Postacoglu has been on the ball right away with the transfer market. Michael Beale's got to do the same. When Rangers are needing to bring in so many players, and Michael Beale said it himself that it is a rebuild the fact that this is a free transfer that there's going to have to be a mix of different types of deals Rangers do whether it's targeting players on a free loan deals potentially with a view to buy as well and then 
paying money as well? Is this just the the, the type of deal that Rangers need if they, they need to you know make quite a lot of changes this well, summer? Yeah, because they're going to have to spend money in the transfer market. There's no doubt about that. And it's not cheap, especially shopping in that market that Michael Beal is. Now, the, the money that Sterling would be commanding, right, it'd be a good bit. It wouldn't be pennies he's wanting. So um, it's a different sort of outlay. Um, but it's going to have to be varied. Um, look, he's got a big job when he realises how many positions he has to fill. I'm reading reports that Choak might be the next one that leaves Ibrox. If, if those reports are to be believed, then you need another centre forward in top of Alfredo Morelos. So uh, the way it goes is most of your money is outlaid in the front part of the pitch. Centre forward and creative players and the defensive side probably take up the less side. It's just the way it's always been. Unfair. I, I hated it in my time, but that's the way it was. That's going to be the case for Michael Beale. So maybe Sterling might be one of the, the cheaper deals that gets done. Um, bigger fish to fry going forward and getting goal scorers in. Well, let's hear from you at home 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But of course, we like hearing from you on the phone. So 01419511025. Mark touched on chat yesterday about Antonio Cholak potentially leaving the club. Rangers mm. being open to him leaving the club. Is that a surprise for you, Gordon? Um, yeah, he's been a mixed bag for me. Um, I remember. The last time I watched him, I thought, yeah, he could really kick on from this was the the performance against Hibs at Easter Road. Um, he got a couple of goals that night, if I'm right. Um, he was looked very sharp. Great finish for his first one. Great striker run. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's, he's going to cement this number nine position. But all of a sudden, Morelis comes back onto the scene. Cholak's picked up a little knock. Uh, would I be surprised? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, but I think that if you're going to look at another centre forward Which Rangers certainly will do I think you need as much quality as you can The one thing I think Cholak can do is I think he can finish I think given the right opportunity Now he's not been in the building a long time So given the right opportunity uh, And a run of the, in the team I think he can get you goals But I don't think his overall play is that great In fairness you He called that a while ago Did you know? What? About Cholak I, in fairness I'll give him some praise you don't often he said give him to me, either. I, I might have been off air and I, I argued it and I said no I think you know once he said it he'll it it be a good uh, centre forward for Rangers and I think I still think he has been I, I agree with Daz in terms of his finishing and when he's in that penalty box he, he comes alive um, and I think there's a place for him but to be fair Daz highlighted that and I was a bit surprised I, I, but I think that sounds like it. it's okay us saying our opinion on him the most important opinion is Michael Beale. And I've just got a sneaky that Michael Beale wants to go up a level or two in that position. Obviously, Morelos is exit the building. I think he'll be looking for better quality. Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. if you want to get involved. John is a Rangers fan in Airdrie. John, we were just talking before about this talk about Dujon Sterling, who looks to be closing in on a, a free transfer to your club. Is that something you're happy about? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy about that. I'm keen for Rangers to do the business early, as Mark and Gordon said. I think signing guys of this pedigree who have been at top clubs, they've got something to prove in the game. They've been on loan, had successful loan spells. I read a bit about Sterling today. Also read a bit about the, uh, the boy who were quoted to sign in the centre half from Arsenal. Um, these are young guys who are hungry. Uh, for me, that, that's got to be who we are targeting. 
28, 29 year olds. It's guys who are hungry and want to win football matches, want to win trophies. This has been a barren spell, this spell, and do you know what? It's, it's time we turned the corner. I've got full belief in Michael Beale as a coach and a manager. For me, I think things will improve over the summer. He's got to get his work done early. He said he's going to get his work done early, and for me, if they need to spend some money, do it because they likes to call it and. Um, no disrespect to the guys who's leaving Morelos because he was a great servant. But their time's up. Their time's up. It's time to move on. We need young, hungry, fit, strong players in the squad that want to improve what they can do in the game and really deliver for Rangers. Yeah, John mentions there about getting business done early and how important that is. Michael Beale has already told Rangers fans to expect there to be new faces in the door for the first day of pre-season. When he has his first pre-season in charge of Rangers how important is it for him to have you know, a, a big part of his squad together for as long as possible this summer Massive I think he's got to be on the ball just now I think that obviously the rumours going about um, no smoke without fire so they're obviously movement in the transfer market Michael Bale I think is the right thing to do listen by the time he walks in that building for start of pre-season he has to have a big chunk of that squad in there because he's got to get off and running I think Saturday's so, so important to Michael Beale because if he goes into this game and he loses another game against Celtic and all the Rangers fans are out there shouting we don't really care, we're only interested next uh, next year but Michael Beale's time limit for me then shortens because if he doesn't go off to a good start next year then all of a sudden, well, he can't beat Celtic and look at the performances and he's now got his own players and then he comes under severe pressure so for him personally... He's got to hit the ground running next season. Do you agree with that, John? Does the result on Saturday, does it maybe, if Rangers don't get a result against Celtic, does it potentially ramp up a bit of pressure on Michael Beale for the start of next season? I think that's obviously going to put a bit of additional pressure on him, but see, the reality is he's playing with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's team. He's not playing with his team or squad. The, the reason Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was sacked because of the lack of fight, desire and application on the park Bill's been given time. He's a great coach. He was a sought-after coach for Premier League teams before he came to Rangers. He chose Rangers over Wolves. I, I, I really believe that. Um, for me, give him time. Give him a chance to bring the boys in that he knows. He's coached these guys at a high level. Give him an opportunity to build his team for John, me. John, just quickly, just quickly, can I ask you a question? I have to pick you up on that. You talk about Van Brockhorst being sacked and Bill was brought in to be a great coach. Now, the reason that all Rangers fans accepted Bill and wanted Bill in the building, and all the talk was he knows the players, he's a terrific coach, he's getting a good squad of players. They'd been to the European run, a good squad of players. I look at Rangers now and think, has he made those players better? Because Kamara's went back so far, Morelos isn't even getting to the end of the season. Kent is getting slaughtered left, right and centre. Lundstrom came in for a lot of criticism. So I think Michael Beale now, I'm not saying for any minute that Michael Beale should be shown. I think he should be given a great opportunity in the summer and backed and let's see what he can do with his team. But I don't just buy into this, you know, Michael Beale uh, come in and it was someone else's team. He was brought in for a reason. Van Bronckhorst wasn't getting a tune out of them. He was brought in because he was a man that was going to get the tune out of them because he was such a great coach. He knew the club. He knew all the players. I've not really seen that so far. No, I guess we can agree to disagree, Gordon. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but what I will say is I, I support him 100% until next season. Let him get his own team, let him get his own recruitment done. There's been a huge change over at the boardroom, there's a huge change over at uh, the backroom staff. 
let, let the guy get time. And for me, you spoke about the young laddie Divine and other laddies coming through. No disrespect to him, because as a Rangers fan, there's nothing better than like to see one of your own coming through and playing in that jersey. There's only one laddie I've seen at Ibrox Youth now, Bailey Rice, that looks as if he could even step up, and he's only 16. Um, but the rest of them, nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Um, he also hit the ground running, so for me, let him get his own team in. I'm going to win the mentality back in the dressing room and we move on to there. Mark, a lot of talk about Antonio Cholak and Alfredo Morelos. Michael Beale has a big decision this weekend on who plays up front as well. Huge. huge absolutely huge. I was thinking of that just about 10 minutes ago there, thinking in terms of team selection, we always seem to have the same discussion when it came to Rangers when these games were coming round, whether it be the final, the semi final, the league game at Celtic Park. Who's going to lead the line? And now you're actually thinking it could be anybody. You know, because last week we see. Uh, Sakala uh, come in Matondo uh, did Hadji start last yeah. week mm-hmm. as well yep. and you're thinking really are they are they going to go for those again and if not then who because you can't bring Morelos in after what he said last week there's no way at all you can't play Kent after after what happened at Hamden and, and the way things are looking so this will be an interesting selection the one thing that I would believe in if I, I was a Rangers fan is that Whoever he puts it, you're going to get more from them than you did Morelos or Kent in previous a, games. I think he's an absolute certainty. I'll be standing here ready to be corrected if I'm wrong that he's got to go with Matondo and Sakala. A couple of things. He played them last week. He came out and praised them after a the game. And also, I think he got, when he put them on against Celtic, um, he got a bit of energy out of the two of them, a bit of pace about them. So I think, in my mind, he'll certainly start with but here, team. But here's the thing, right? And I know in hindsight, I said at the time, leading up to that game, after I saw Matondo and after I saw Sakala, would you not be better placed starting those guys? And once again, he went for Morelos and he went for Kent and he got the exact same. So this is where people like John, who are very you know careful not to give Michael Beale criticism, he has got to take some of the criticism like Daz is saying that he's made decisions on players who have went backwards but kept backing those players in big games and didn't perform. So because into the game on Saturday and he plays Matondo and he plays Sakala, he's almost admitting his own mistakes. And that might be fine for some Rangers fan at this minute in time. But in summer, when he gets his full squad, you kind of keep harking back to the excuse it's Van Bronckhurst's team and this guy isn't to blame. That's why he's got to get his business right in the summer. That's why pre-season's huge for him. Do his comments from after the Aberdeen game completely close the door on Alfredo Morelos getting a look in this weekend? Oh, must be, 100%. I think uh, Mark's been there and I've been there. You've been the wrong side of a manager's sort of a criticism against you. Um, it's not like you're going to have time to win back his confidence. The season's nearly over. Uh, and probably looking at Morelos, I think he be delighted not to be involved in that. Uh, when you come out and and say the words that Michael Bale said um, against Morelos, you know then the door slammed on you. It's a case of look look for a future for Morelos. I said in this program on Tuesday, and I meant it in a different way. I feel sorry for Morelos, not in the fact that you know a lot of it's been put on him. You 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 de- decide your own destiny sometimes his attitude's not great but I think Morelis has been brilliant for Rangers at times and I'd like to see the lad lead, uh, leave the club in a different sort of a way than 
you know, those bit of criticism come from a Rangers manager. I think he deserves more than that. Well, thank you to John. Maybe you've got some thoughts on the PFA nominations from yesterday. Maybe you've got some thoughts looking ahead to that game on Saturday. Celtic fans, we want to hear what you're thinking of that game as well. Give us a call 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard we want to hear from you at home as well 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB let's go straight back to the phones Ewan is a Rangers fan in Aberdeen Ewan what are you thinking tonight? Hello Hi guys Hi Ewan um, I know um, first time caller um, so uh, good evening everyone Evening, um, uh, yeah, so I'm probably going to get a bit of stick for this one. Um, I'm actually just phoning up to back the caller up last night that was saying about uh, picking Tavernier over Callum McGregor. Um, I mean, I'm not on here to say Callum McGregor is a, a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. But for me, I do think he is actually quite overrated. And I, th- I think if he was any other nationality other than Scottish, I don't think we would give him any of the plaudits that we do. Like I say, he's Mr. Mr. Dependable. But uh, there is a lot of dependable players in the league, and I think if he was English or European, we wouldn't uh, give him as much praise as we do. So I don't know if there's any uh, feedback on that one. Mark, Mr. Mr. Dependable? Is he more than that? Ewan, I I can disagree with you more on that. I mean, I I think that's quite a a unique take that you've had there on Callum McGregor for, one, what he's achieved in the past, but two, how again he's performed this season. Now he may not be the flashiest player who will, you know, dribble round five bodies and put it in the top corner. But the simplicity of what he does is lost in some people. And Ewan's a prime example of that doesn't quite appreciate how easy he makes things look. There is a reason why he's in the PFA nominations because the players who play against him. Voted for that They understand And won it last year So He's a terrific player He should be on it Now I'm not I'm not disagreeing On the point of Tavernier With you I'd said a couple of weeks ago In this show I think it's extremely harsh That we've only got Four nominees Right Because I think There are people who Deserve to be on there You know you could even mention Duke in there Alongside Van Veen as well Um, Because Tavernier For a team that's been Way below Celtic this year His contribution's still been Pivotal to kind of Rangers being second and where they are in the league, so it uh, deserves a mention. But to then say that Cal McGregor shouldn't, I think that's a ludicrous statement for you in terms of his ability. I remember a few interviews this season as well. I think David Martindale was one of them that he was speaking about Callum McGregor and said that he felt he could walk into top six sides in the English Premier League. I remember there was an interview with Matt O'Reilly where he said similar. Do you is your point, you, and that you think they're only saying that because he's Scottish? No, it is, and it seems like a, a thin thing to say. Give Callum McGregor all this praise, um, like talking about going into the top six in England. But I've genuinely never heard of a club. And, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I've never heard of any big bids coming in for him, trying to get him away from Celtic Park. If he was as good as everyone's making out, surely these teams, or maybe not the top six, even the the bottom half of the English Premier League, if we're seen as good enough to walk into the top six, why are none of these teams coming in for him or trying to get him away from Celtic Park? Um, yeah, 
Listen, I'm not going to get into a debate about top six in England or what, where Cal McGregor should play. I think, like Mark, I think Cal McGregor's a t- terrifically talented footballer. Um, since Scott Brown's left, I think he's took on the, the responsibility of the captain very well at Celtic, and I think he's well thought of. I, I also will defend him in the sense of uh, Tavernier. I'm a Tavernier fan. I know he comes in for criticism, uh, but I think Tavernier's a terrific player. And I know that you can have your faults well sometimes defending-wise, but it happens to all defenders. I've watched the, the best defenders in the world lately and make mistakes and getting caught and turn inside out. They're a perfect example. Greg Taylor, who has been brilliant for Celtic since Postacoglu, it wasn't that long ago Van Veen turned him inside out at Celtic Park. Um, so it happens to the best of defenders. I just I rate Tavernier. I think he comes in for unfair criticism. But McGregor's a very talented player. Now, the thing is, it's hard for us to judge because we're in the studio every week. We're not like the supporters out there if you follow Celtic Rangers, Motherwell. You see the players every single week. But it's the players that Matt quite rightly touches on. It's the players that play against them all the time are voting for them. So they obviously think of how difficult an opponent and how good an opponent is. And see, to contradict Ewan's argument, if anything is usually the opposite way around, that the Scottish players don't get the the praise they deserve. It's usually the players who come in with the, the fancy four names that everyone goes, wow, look, look at that pass from whoever. And and the Scottish guy who's, who's been, it does just mention a perfect one, Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's had to endure a lot of criticism before he's actually held in the esteem he is now. Maybe that's to do with, with his background, coming from Kelly instead of being bought for... £10 million for a, a team abroad So Cal McGregor in my opinion Is the opposite What we should be doing Is giving praise on the guys Who not only lead their club And be hugely successful But also do the job for their country as well Look at him in, against Spain I, I mean as well He was outstanding So I, I couldn't disagree He was getting more. plaudits For his performance against Real Madrid Earlier on this yeah. season as well So I'll not do it for you Ewan no, not for me. I mean, like I say, I'm not here to say he's a bad player. Um, I would have uh, have an ear in my team ten times out of ten, and ahead of Callum McGregor. Um, but I mean, he's got the leadership qualities there. There's no denying that. His success at Celtic again. You guys have touched on that. I can't disagree there. But for me, he just doesn't do it. Um, like I say, good player, dependable player. But yeah, I would have to have an ear. He chips him a lot of goals and. It's more important to Rangers than uh, Callum McGregor is to Celtic, in my opinion. In terms of you, what do you think, Mark? James mm. Tavernier is more important to Rangers than Callum McGregor is to Celtic. Uh, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that argument uh, because... Well, here's, you know, here's Cel- the most damning thing about Rangers then. He's maybe got an argument in terms of goals and assists because if James Tavernier isn't scoring or assisting, they are struggling, whereas Celtic's got lots of creativity. But for Callum McGregor... What he brings to Celtic in terms of leadership and the driving force, no, I would have to say he's more influential. Trophies tell the story. I suppose depth comes into it as well when you're talking about importance because we saw Callum McGregor came out the Celtic squad for a few games earlier on this season and Celtic have a lot of depth in that midfield. They were able to to cope with it during that spell. Rangers without Tavernier... It's about how they cope without him as well, I suppose. Yeah, I I think Rangers would probably miss Tavernier more than Celtic just now would have missed Callum McGregor because of, and it's a compliment to Celtic, the quality they've got in the middle of the park. Um, and that's why I'm such a fan of Tavernier's. 
Um, I just think he brings so much to Rangers. I think uh, people questioned his leadership as a captain. I disagreed with that. But as I say, Ewan goes and watches his games every single week, or, or uh, if he does or not, but he probably t- puts more focus on Rangers. We're in here, we're only seeing highlights at times, and as I keep harping back to it, there's there's no harm in Ewan coming on and saying, look, I would have Tavernier in that four rather than McGregor, and he's made a perfectly reasonable argument in his case, it's fine. We all have our opinions. But the most important opinions of these votes are the players that they play against week in, week out. Well, thank you to Ewan. A few uh, opinions coming in on Twitter on that one. Fitzy is saying that Cal McGregor's the best player in the country by a mile. He doesn't think that Tavernier could lace his boots. It's also hard to compare. We're comparing two players <laughs> in completely different positions as well. I think that's just, you see that in, it's just the sort of football world at the moment where people can't tend, people always have to compare everything. Don't they? Everything well, needs to be compared against one or the other. Yeah. It's the two captains, two leaders um, who have been there for the longest uh, in each club. I think that's easily comparable. But I'll <laughs> be one sided here. Trophies do tell a story. When you look at Callum McGregor and the haul over the years he's been at Celtic compared to James Tavernier and what he's won, there is no comparison. And then you can maybe take goals into it, but two different positions. Tavernier, extraordinary free right back. There's no doubt about that. But influence in a team, I've got to say the Celtic captain's head and shoulders above him. Well, let's go back to the phones. Paul is a Celtic fan in Kirk and Tillich. Paul, what do you make of all this? <laughs> hey, hi, guys. Hi, hey, hi God. Hi, what? Uh, it's just in response to, to Ewan's uh, comments. I mean, I can only think that Ewan's at the wind-up. Uh, because the stuff that he's spouting is, I don't know, it's unbelievable. If he doesn't think Carl McGregor's a great player, nothing special, uh, I never mind even taking into consideration the, the amount he's trophy hold. I can't think of a weakness in Carl McGregor's game for the position he plays. I can't think of a weakness. If Gordon or Mark to tell me a weakness, I, I would love to know it, but I can't think of a weakness in his game. Now, James Tavenier, look, he can't he, defender he's done really well uh, and in recent games he's actually been the Rangers biggest goal for it and he's scored a few goals I'll give him that his weakness is defending which is his first job to be a defender uh, so I don't know if you even comparing the two of them the two of them shouldn't, shouldn't be on the same page Callum McGregor is on a different level to uh, uh, James Tavenier to be, to be fair, I don't think McGregor wins enough headers that set plays in his own box. <laughs> uh, so there you go, Paul. I'm giving you a weakness right away. Um, no, look, people will always make comparisons against players. Of course they will. Tavernier plays in a different position. And I know what uh, Paul's saying, well, he's, he's supposed to do it. The modern-day def- uh, full-backs now are more attacking than defenders, right? They're certainly... But he's assists his goals and everything, and that's why I'll always defend him. I would take Tavernier on my team all day long. But also, when I flip the coin, I can't argue against McGregor's ability. I think he's got everything in his locker. Does he, does he score enough goals, right? We're, we're nitpicking as a midfield player. The modern-day f- midfield player now chips in with a right few goals. Does McGregor score enough goals? But then the argument will say, well, hold on, he sits and dictates the play and gets on it and doesn't give the ball away. We're only nitpicking here because... McGregor is a very, very talented footballer. Yeah, I mean, Paul was giving James Tavernier a, a wee bit of credit there, but when you look at the awards, Mark, 
Callum McGregor was PFA Scotland Player of the Year last year. James Tavernier mm. was it the year before that. They're both in the team of the season yeah. this season. Two players that are certainly you know credited by their you know the the, the players they play with. Two brilliant players. Two brilliant. Um... Brilliant athletes at that as well Who have done it over numerous years Not just flash in the pan One year Up for nominations And then disappear And fade into the background Tavernier Has carried Rangers For a long long time He's had to put up With a lot of criticism From his own fans Never mind outside forces And and Callum McGregor's Had to deal with Constant pressure on his shoulders And losing what would be 10 in a row And the criticism that came with that Reforming his game under Ange Postacoglu And still being in the nomination So Two unbelievable uh, players in our league um, <laughs> But I mean just Two totally different players in terms of comparing I think you can compare the influence And that's That's why I think You know McGregor edges it that, That's probably right In terms of goals Could he score more goals From a defensive midfield point of view Maybe he scored Five this season for last season But then he could argue He probably doesn't have to He's got guys in front of him That he does all the dirty work And lets him go on with that Paul looking ahead to the game This weekend Celtic with a chance To go a full season Unbeaten against Rangers Is that the type of thing You know you think about That you'd like to see Oh any Anything they do Against Rangers You always want Celtic to win And I think that they should Play as strong a team as possible Uh Aye, we'll be up against it. There'll be no fans here, but really, Celtic should be going for the juggler. I hope, uh, especially we. I've no idea who Rangers will play uh, up front. I don't know. I, I, it's a total mystery because the guys that would have played up front are, are uh, Michael Beals being kind of tore into them a wee bit. So, uh, Flash and Sakala, and I don't even know the other boy's name that came on. Uh, but don't do I? I can't think of who he is. But I think uh, I I want Celtic to go for the jugular. I mean, in terms of going a full season unbeaten against your rivals, it, everyone loves a bit of bragging rights. That would certainly be something that the Celtic fans would love to see. Hundred percent. I think both sets of fans are playing it down very well. Uh, but when it comes to half past twelve this Saturday, uh, they'll be right up for it. Um, I said that at the top of the show. If you're Rangers, you do not want Celtic strutting in there and, and doing their stuff and puffing their chest out and saying, look, we are on the verge of a treble here. We've just got to pitch up in front of 49,000 of your fans and steamroller you. On the other hand, if you're Celtic, you want to go and show why you're... A... So I think it's I think it's an absolutely intriguing game. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you to Paul. Maybe you've got some thoughts on that. Maybe ahead of the game this weekend or on the PFA nominees. Anything else, give us a call. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We want you to get involved as well 01419511025 on the phones Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Of course a big game between Rangers and Celtic at Ibrox this weekend A bit of debate about who's better between James Tavernier and Callum McGregor not quite sure how that one's come about but a few opinions on that one that we've had on the phones as well of course we've had the PFA Player of the Year Young Player of the Year nominees that have come up yesterday as well for Player of the Year Callum McGregor Kevin Van Veen Kyogo and Rio Hitati you called those four on 
Tuesday, Gordon. And, Andrew, he's not listening to me. He's um, been looking at his phone. I was going to tell you, he has no idea what you've just uh, asked him. I can only apologise. What, what have I just asked you? Um, you asked me about um, football, obviously. Uh, that's why <laughs> Horrendous. Oh no, no, but but we will we will wait until you. Explain to get time for a medal, mate, next week. Um, that that's more important than your job, is it? Hundred <laughs> percent. Right, we see where now. your priorities are. Uh, yes, I, <laughs> I, I I said on Tuesday. I hope I'm. Going I was down actually the giving him kudos for something there. I that think would have been something he would have liked. But I'm, I hope hmm. I'm going down the right road here. I said on Tuesday with Hubie, we guessed who the nominees were going to be. Um, I agree with him, obviously, because that's who I put down. I've got to say now, I think Kyogo will win it. I think it'll be a very hard argument. Van Veen has been absolute sensational, um, especially for the amount of goals and a team that was in the relegation dogfight not that long ago. His goals have been so, so important. But Hatate as well, I looked at him, McGregor, as we've had the argument tonight, but in the big stage, the cup finals, the big games against Rangers, Kyogo's the man that's just stood up there and performed, so I think he will win it. Who wins it for you, Mark? Yeah, um... But what was that, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? I argued for Hatati. The the problem with Hatati is he's just missed that chunk of football, a hugely important part where the voting comes into play, and that's where the votes get get uh, dished out from the players. I think Kyogo does is right with the the goals, the big goals and big games when you're the, the top goal scorer in the league, that's one thing. But when you do it in the big games that get you the, the big prizes in, you've always got the best chance. But I would say I mean McGregor yep, Magnificent We've just chatted about him But Van Veen I think Van Veen Will get a lot of votes By the way From the players He's come up against You talk about Hatati Maybe going out The team at the wrong time For the votes Kevin Van Veen's got What 10 goals In his last 7 games And mm. I think that's fresh Fresh in the mind of uh, Footballers Because even Starting back uh, Think back to the start Of the season Some of those Big performances From Hatati And even McGregor And that Tend to kind of Forget about them You know When it comes to February, March, April that's where you remember what's been done and nobody's probably had a bigger influence in their team than Kevin Van Veen since when was that Stevie Hamill left probably about February something like that I mean he's been on fire so I think a lot of players would have picked up and remembered who they played against the week before who scored and there's every chance it was Kevin Van Veen the only thing I will say uh, if it had to go right to the end of the season and the awards were maybe a week later and you had the full season to vote Van Veen obviously has been sensational, right? But you can't take anything away from Kyogo this year. And as I say, Van Veen's in a different ballpark because he was fighting relegation. He got Motherwell up there. He's not playing with the, and no disrespect to my old players that are listening tonight, he's not playing with the quality that Celtic have got. Um, but Kyogo in the big stage, and I think that's where you make your name the big stage, the cup finals, the old firm games, when you really need to be. Um, you know, stand up and be counted. Kyogo's been terrific. You look at the Young Player of the Year nominees as well. Two for Celtic, Leila Bada, who of course won it last year. Matt O'Reilly in there as well. Malik Tillman at Rangers and Albion Rovers have Charlie Riley in there. We've got Andy and Royston on the line. Andy, I think you've got an opinion on who should win the Young Player of the Year award. 
I do. I think your time is running, Andrew. It's only 27. I phoned up to beat the Dazzler to beat the Thunder. What's happening, man? Oh, dear. Well, I'll tell you what, that's... Beat the Dazzler. That's <laughs> what we should be. Andy, come, Andy. I'll just keep talking for 10 minutes. No, uh, my, my, my main point is about the, the game on Sunday, but however, I've got an observation about player young, uh, players, player, it's young player, rather. I think Callum McGregor will get Kyogo a run for money. I think players played against Kyogo, obviously got a big impact, but there's some games he's only having 10 touches in a game. So his opportunities are coming for the engine of the team. To be fair, Maybe Erling Haaland maybe gets less than that <laughs> in a game and <laughs> doing not bad. Andy, Andy here's, a, here's, a first question. here's the first question, beat the pundit. When's the game? <laughs> the, the start, so, ah. you <laughs> <laughs> so you're one nil down. Can you start So Charlie Riley, I went to see uh, Albion Rovers again. The, the young player of the year, I think. Uh, I think O'Reilly will get it. I think he's one of the, uh, uh, magnificent talent. However, I, I hope Charlie Riley get a good one in it. He might just pip him because I, I've seen the way see Albion Rovers against Dumbarton at December. The boy absolutely ran the show. Uh, Dumbart, uh, Albion Rovers won the great, but that boy you stood out head and shoulders. We've kept an eye on him since, and every week you see it. He's scoring goals, he's creating goals, he's played in a match just about every single game, and he'll get a, he'll get a number of votes against players that played against him in, in the lower league. So I, I, I actually hope the boy gets a chance and hey, good luck to him. However, my main point was about. We'll take that first stand, then I'll let you come back in. Um, on Charlie Riley, I'm just looking at it there, he's got 22 goals and 13 assists in League Two for the team sitting bottom of League Two. That means 74% of the goals that Albion Rovers have scored. Have either been set up or scored by him, which is quite incredible, oh, isn't it? It's clearly been recognised by his peers. Well, you know what? It's a it's a good thing because usually we just get fo- so focused on the Premiership, and that's all the nominees come from. So it shows you how well the boy has done, particularly in that period between January and March, where he went through that period where he was almost scoring two goals every every game he played. Um, so to do it for a team that gets relegated, it shows you that players do. Sit up and take notice of who they come up against Or who's doing it for different reasons Not just the team at the top of the league Who are steamrolling everybody And you remember the the top goal scorers Players who are doing it in different ways He certainly deserves a mention And you just wonder where he's he's going to end up Because it's Dundee Dundee. I think it's going to be uh, Yeah uh Dundee Dundee. a new manager Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah. Is that an exclusive? No, 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 I've certainly been chat. I think it was maybe even close <laughs> from Gary Boyer. No, no, I think it was close Hold from Gary Boyer. Andrew. A respected journalist like him and you says, have you just made that up? <laughs> oh, cheers. Just made that up. Uh, no, no, I'm sure there was quotes from Gary Boyer a few weeks ago saying he's that left. there had been a. Aye, a few weeks ago. He hadn't left he a few weeks that. ago. He's a journalist, he knows yeah. he's left. I'm Say, saying that, that he'd, um, there, there'd been an agreement in place because he's out of contract. And it looks as if he's, he'll be at Dundee. Do you know what? I I, I totally agree with what Mark was saying there. See, for a, a boy that nobody's really outside Coatbridge probably heard of the boy. He's um, he's up against some big hitters there. I think that's refreshing. I think that's brilliant to see. I really do. And and well done for the players that voted for him to get him in there. And we'll see how he goes in the night. But that's a great boost for him, especially starting his uh, new career up at Dens Park with Dundee. Uh, and that's an exclusive uh, But I'll be interested to see how his future is Andy what was your second point quickly? 
Just I think for Sunday People are saying like fans Saying it doesn't matter Saturday It's Saturday Andy I've got enough Keep getting called in I need to allow you Get something right tonight son Andy's a Celtic fan So at least he's not Going to be turning up On the wrong day My point is that People going on about How the game's not important Nonsense I think it's as important As every single game we play Simply because I can't even Going through a whole summer With Rangers talking about Closing the gap Because they beat Celtic At Ibrooks The only team has got an opportunity To close the gap this season is Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. That's my point. Thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> That's a great to the point. I don't think he's doing the speech. I, I, think he's, I think he's just annoyed he's not on Beat the Pundit. I don't know how that's happened. But, I'll, tell, um, I'll tell you what, if he was on Beat the Pundit, he's getting a zero, isn't he? The point that Andy's making about, you know, possibly more to do with the psychology of yep. the summer and what it means a result in this game certainly there will be Rangers fans that will maybe have their tail up if they get a good result on Saturday whereas yeah. there'll be Rangers uh, sorry Celtic fans that if if they win and it goes well, you know five wins and a draw from well, six games this season they can point to that yeah Andy's, Andy's right in mentioning this word the, the, the gap because since January Michael Beals came in and these games have come around that's what the story's revolving around this gap it's getting closer it's getting closer but always ends up in Celtic side now for Celtic Your motivation is going to Ibrox And winning Winning convincingly And going there you go There's a gap For Michael Beale It will be something To show the Rangers fans And say Look this is what we can do This is what's coming in the future And they'll get better players To make sure it happens more often Well thank you to Andy I hope you enjoy standing In the pub by yourself On Sunday morning <laughs> Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Yes, time for Beat the Pundit. Your chance to take on Mark Wilson or Gordon DL for a chance to win the bragging rights and a signed ball as well. 30 seconds on the clock. Answer as many questions as right as you possibly can. All you need to do is call in before 7 o'clock 0141 951 1025. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the second hour of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson alongside Gordon DL There is a game on tonight as well Celtic women taking on Glasgow City Of course it is a, an exciting end to the season in SWPL1 Because of course they've introduced a split this season And Glasgow City in a strong position uh, As they look to wrap up the league title In the last few weeks of the season But first of all let's get on to this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. A 5 4 win for Jim Duffy last night in an exciting tie. Was it not a 7 0 earlier on this week? Yeah, Simon, Simon not win 7 0. Did uh, you play on Tuesday? Um, I don't even know who it was. Uh, it's Hugh. No, it was Hugh. Oh, it was Hugh. Okay. I think Hugh. I thought you were just pretending to forget because you'd lost. No, no, Hugh got a good victory, so. None of us have lost this week. All oh, right, okay. A chance a for a chance for someone to try mm-hmm. and break the pundit's stronghold. It is going to be Thomas in Milton who's playing. Thomas, are you confident? Uh, yeah. Uh, no bad. Mm. No bad. Who would you I've rather? Been, f- I've done no bad in the past. So, well, have you played we'll before? See. Yeah. No, no, not on the radio. Just sit. Oh, sit right, okay, just from home. Uh, is that? It's, it's, it's a different ball game, game, isn't it? Yeah, they'll sit ah, on the couch. Ball game, you're on the line, eh? Yeah, you're a bit nervous. You sound it. Oh, I can just sit and listen to you talking away. And nah, I think you're nervous. Well, he sit, sounds relaxed. Sounds I relaxed. Think, I think that's Andy. Ask him when the game is at the weekend. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if it's Andy. 
Right, okay, Thomas playing for the first time. Let's find out whether you will play against Mark Wilson or Gordon DL. Heads, it will be Mark Wilson and tails, it's going to be Gordon DL. And it's heads, it's going to be Mark Wilson mm. you take on. You're right with that, Thomas? Uh, okay, yep. I say that as if he has a choice. What do you mean, okay, Thomas? Will you want to take on me? He's disappointed. Thomas, you want to take on you. I'm the champ. Thomas, don't get a zero, mate. Please. Because we will put it on Instagram and all over Facebook. They they will not let you forget it, Thomas. Right, let's let's give uh, Mark Wilson a bit of greatest hits radio. Is that all right? There we go. Sorted. Right, Thomas. Thirty seconds on the clock to answer as many questions correctly as possible. Remember, you can skip if you're struggling as well. Does that all sound good? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Name as men. Uh, name any Rangers player nominated for any of this season's PFA Scotland awards. Oh, Tavernier. Which English side did Celtic face in the Sydney Super Cup in November? Oh, pass. Who was the last Scottish men's player to score against France? Oh, God, God, God. Pass. Name any Scottish team who won an SPFL playoff game on Tuesday. Tuesday. Come on, Thomas, you've got this. What's going on here? I can't hear it, but that's got to be longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> that's a new one. What's happening? I can hear now. What's happening? Oh, I'll tell you what, he's took a ready. Did he swear? Oh, no, no. He, I don't know what happened. He, he, what happened? Did you press the wrong button? I didn't press any wrong buttons. I think I think there may have been something that was said by difficult. Thomas. So hopefully it didn't make it to air. If it did, <laughs> apologies. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, th- I, think, I think he had pretty good reason. He shouldn't have. But I think he had pretty good reason. Right. He spent half will... an hour in one question. Okay, right. Mark. I was long on three. There we go. We'll see, we'll see if we go. I'll tell you what. I don't think it mattered how long. Thomas, <laughs> the pressure's at me. Thomas, yeah, I'm very good when I'm sitting listening to it. I'll relax and boom. Right, okay, same yeah, questions for you, Mark Wilson. Ready? Yep. Name any Rangers player nominated for any of this season's PFA Scotland Tell Awards. Uh, which English side did Celtic face in the Sydney Super Cup in November? Oh, uh, oh, pass. Who was the last Scottish men's player to mm-hmm. score against France? Uh, James McFadden Name any Scottish team Who won an SPFL Playoff game on Tuesday uh, Airdrie uh, Who did Aberdeen defeat In the European Cup final 40 years ago today Who left Livingston For QPR In August London 2020 Dukes. Which Scottish side Did AZ Alkmaar defeat In this season's Europa Dundee Conference United. League did you, did, did you not see that there? The white Tophie Thomas coming in through the window <laughs> <laughs> after, after the first question. <laughs> it was, it was Tam oh, good. Tam was, still <laughs> Tam, Tam was struggling, honestly. Was he off? Right, he okay. still, right, I'm, he still I'm, in the I'm gonna bring Thomas back in, Thomas. <laughs> Apologies if I swear to <laughs> Show the bit you go right, Thomas. <laughs> oh, dear. Apologies if I swear <laughs> I think the problem Obviously Mark and Gordon Can't hear What's going on When I'm asking The, the, the caller The questions There was clearly A look on my face Because the, the oh. look You gave me At one point Was, oh, was knew, quite something It was too long I knew there was a problem Thomas was a problem Right <laughs> Thomas I'll ask you <laughs> Keep it clean How do you feel You got on How do I feel I got on 
Badly. <laughs> good. That's that's a good response, right? We're all we're all safe, right? Let's start with a first question. Name any Rangers player nominated for any of this season's PFA Scotland awards. Thomas went for James Tavernier, which is incorrect. Oh, Mark went for Malik Tillman, who of course is nominated for the men's young player of the year. You could have had Brogan Hay, who's nominated for women's player of the year, and then two Rangers players nominated for women's young player of the year, Kirsty McLean and Emma Watson. So it goes one nil to Mark. Which English side did Celtic face in the Sydney Super Cup in November? You both passed on this one. Gordon, do you know? Everton, was it? Everton, Everton yes. Yeah. It remains 1-0. Who was the last Scottish men's player to score against France? McFadden. It was, of course, James McFadden. It goes 2-0. So no, Mark, no, name no, any Thomas. Scottish team who won an <laughs> SPFL playoff game on Tuesday. That's as far as Thomas got. I'm a bit too sure for Thomas. <laughs> what do you mean that's as far as he got? That's as, as far as he got. That's and he's, when he started, <laughs> when he started just throwing it at Swear Aye, That's, that's what he saw red. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he went for Hamilton, who lost <laughs> to Alloa. You what said Airtree went 3 0. Who did that? Dean defeat in the European Cup oh, final 40 years ago today. Of course you said Real Madrid Aye. That's correct 4-0 Who you. left Livingston For QPR In August 2020 <laughs> You got that Lyndon Dykes 5-0 And finally Which Scottish side Did AZ Alkmaar defeat In this season's Europa Conference League Dundee United Mark Wilson 6 Thomas <laughs> nil. Thomas how are you feeling? Got it uh, Got got it Got it Listen don't feel too down I Thomas know. Thomas what did I say Questions didn't fall for you I knew right away When you come on you were a zero written all over it. A big duck egg. Don't <laughs> a- right, don't anger him anymore. Nothing. We know we know what's already happened. Don't anger him anymore. I gave him a one run- word response and he said gutted, and that's absolutely fine. Right, thank you to Thomas. Unlucky. It's a six nil win for Mark Wilson. So the pundits are four listen for back. four oh, listen back this to week. And uh yeah, not you, quite the seven nil that Simon Donnelly because I've never seen them panicking as much. And your face <laughs> your face went a wee bit red as well. Oh yeah It wasn't just <laughs> Thomas that saw red It was me as well That know. was a warning sign <laughs> Like Andrew's face was <laughs> So <laughs> what happened He actually he got one wrong And he just swore Well yeah. his, his time was up And I think he realised He'd got zero for four <laughs> And was a bit frustrated With himself <laughs> And just let Let a word oh, slip yeah. oh, Look he came back done. on It was it was it was clearly not meant. It wasn't nah. wasn't meant in malice. Nah, but anyway, pundit, isn't it Thomas's game? No, no. He'll oh. listen tomorrow night. Got a four all right. five. I. There uh, we go. Impressive for me though. Eh? Six. I thought they were quite Six easy tonight. To be honest with you, I've oh. got to say the only one I didn't get was uh, Celtic. Well, I can't remember it was Evan. You wouldn't have got Ed Almer either. You wouldn't have got that. What was that question? Uh, who who did they beat in the Europa Conference League qualifiers? I didn't even hear that question. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to get you, back are you booking another medal on your phone or something like that? Medal no, thing? I didn't hear that question. Into the show, and you? Who, who did the beat? Dundee United. Remember? Remember big Cal? Oh, 7-0. Yes, that's right. Our, honestly, our former I, producer was I didn't hear sleeping. that question. I think Tom and I can go head to head here. Be a good game. That would have been a better game, haven't Thomas? I'd have been five. Look, at least you both know what day the game is this weekend. That's the main thing, right? Thank you to Thomas. Let's go back to the phones. Paul is a Rangers fan in Crookston. Paul, what is on your mind tonight? Hi, Andrew. Thanks for letting me on tonight Um, with the mushroom and and the dazzler there. Um, Aye, so just a couple of points. There's a a wee bit of a concern, Rangers fan, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Massive rebuild and everything else like that. But there's two points I kind of want to just. Know, share with the panel, see what, see what they think. Um, 
I seen there was a a post just with Rangers about a, a director's post now becoming one post, and the Rangers slant on it is this is to streamline it. But <laughs> the cynical side of me has just said, well, it's cost cutting. So that worries me a wee bit if we're cost cutting at board level. Well, that actually bodes well for for players coming in. My second point being... We'll, we'll take that first, Paul, and then we'll let you come back in. Well, the second point, there's obviously been loads of changes behind the scenes at Rangers. We've seen directors leave. We've seen, of course, Ross Wilson is away. There's a, a new chairman in John Bennett. There's a new chief executive, James Bisgrove, is is starting in the summer. Paul says he's concerned because he feels that the, the process is being stream, streamlined. It could be for a number of reasons. It could be, as Paul says, it may well be for cost-cutting reasons, or it could be the fact that you know John Bennett has come in and James Bisgrove now has more of a say and, and they feel there was maybe too many staff and they feel that it would be better that way. It's it's impossible to tell really from the outside looking in. Well, it depends who's who's in their own, you know, what their area of expertise is. If they can cover many bases then of course it would make economical sense to streamline it and, and, and cut away the dead wood, so to speak, <laughs> the suits who turn up at every game and you know, every function and maybe point the finger and ask them what are you actually bring in here. So I don't know too much about that that goes on at Rangers, but that's the way they think. Then must be doing it for a reason. If it saves money, so be it. But you often see you see the bigger clubs now and the board members when they turn up for cup finals or or big occasions, so many suits, and you have to look through them and say, who is that? I wonder what their role is. Maybe that is the case at Rangers. I, I can't be sure, but. That's my take. The only thing I will say is the Rangers fans have been on here demanding change at every level. Uh, they've got their wish. Um, I don't know how they've got to structure it. Um, but the most important thing they've got to do is find a way to filter it down to the manager to get the best team possible on the pitch for the start of next season. And I think that if that happens and Michael Beale gets the quality players he wants, he puts his team together and they go off to a good run. Nobody will be interested in what's happening up up above. Uh, I know it's quite alarming just now because you've had a range of support. You're either you're seeing it also. Um, one of the coaches, Craig Mahon, that's been there for a long, long time at Rangers and done a lot of good work uh, in the youth department. I think he's left to go to Nottingham Forest with Ross Wilson as well. So there's certainly changes happening at Ibrox. We just need to wait to see if they're good changes. Paul Mark was saying there that you know a lot of Rangers fans were asking for change certainly at board level and when it came to managing directors and, and sporting directors but you're not seeing it as a positive? No, I'm, I, I see the positive. I, I want to say a big thing about James Busgrove. Do you know, I followed, I kind of look at the, the, the behind the scenes at Rangers at the club that I support and uh, I think he's done an amazing job for merchandise and I think Rangers missed a trick for a number of years for how much money we're bringing in but you know, the types of things he taps into you know, with the whiskies with Douglas Lane and the partnerships with, in fact, there's you know, your famous chef, Gordon Ramsay, um, opening up at Ibrox as well. So, listen, he doesn't miss a trick. I'm actually excited that he's now um, got a bigger role at Rangers, to be honest. Um, it was more just about, I get your point, you just said there, it could be, you know, there's too many people. That, that's a fair point. I suppose I'm just looking at it from a, a cynical point of view because my worry is we've brought two players in in January, only two players, um, and it, it took a while to get them over the line, to be honest, and I felt... Michael Beale played a wee bit of, I don't know, put a wee bit of pressure on the board, maybe, is the way I was looking at it, where he was you know, kind of putting pressure on them to get players in. And then, to be honest, I'm reading the papers, I know it's paper talking now because there'll be so many people linked to Rangers, but it feels like everybody, Tom, Dick and Harry around the world's all linked to us now, um, but nothing's came over across the line. The building process, in my opinion, 
I know Postacoglu, no, you could call him a lucky man or whatever. You know, sometimes you have to be lucky in recruitment. Um, but you know, he pulled a team together pretty quickly, so it's not impossible. But I would like to have it started early. And I suppose where the second point was coming from is we brought all that money in from Europa League run. We were also in the Champions League and we brought in oh, a huge amount of money. We've sold Nathan Patterson, we sold Calvin Bassey. No, there, there's a, a, a significant amount of money. Where's it been spent? So, I'll be honest with you, Craig White got it in the neck for what he did with Rangers and a few other shallows. Um But the current board, you know, as much as I gave him a lot of praise when we stopped our, our rivals getting 10 in a row, um, and we played outstanding. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, I was amazed we got to the Europa League final last year. It was amazing. But I think that's my, that's my wee bit of a worry that, that where's that money went. I mean, I was just looking at it was a quote that I'd remembered that Michael Beale had said, I think it was at the start of April, he was asked about budgets for the upcoming season. Paul clearly seems concerned about what money there will be to spend in terms of a transfer budget. The exact quote from Michael Beale at the time was, there are no restrictions on budget, there is money to spend in the summer. It's a good amount, I think, for a Rangers manager compared to what I've seen in previous years. I'm really positive about the summer. Now, Michael Beale wouldn't have come out and said that if he, if he didn't feel he was being backed this yeah, summer so 100%. clearly he's happy with the money he's been given well it must be and you've got to say as a manager that's brave saying that when you're under a bit of pressure at the minute he's came out and he's he's backed himself and the board by saying I've got a lot of money and I'm happy so it can't be used as an excuse um, if things weren't going well at the start of next season I, I, I've not had the funds to back my ideas he's pretty much saying I've got um, this checkbook here to go and strengthen the side so but Paul is right because we heard the the amount of funds Rangers were gathering over all these transfers they were they were putting out and the the runs in the Champions League doesn't it seem in comparison a lot has been put into the squad. Now Van Bronckhorst did get money to spend, and it was spent wastefully when you think of some of the signings. But those numbers didn't quite add up. So I wonder where it you just you just go. you just wonder um, about. The transfer budget And I don't know What it's going to be He's obviously Got to free up A lot of wages Because a lot of the big hitters Are come to the end Of their career I.e. McGregor The Davis people Arfield maybe um, And, and then the, the wages Morelos, Morelos and Ken, Ken and, and, and you can add on Another few But My big question Mark Just now For the Rangers supporters And, and what Michael Beale's thinking Are you going to use A chunk of that For the 5 million In, in Tillman I think that would be a question. If I was sitting a Rangers supporter, I'd be wondering, are we going to use up five million here? Because there's no doubt Tillman's a talented young player. But five million pound out of budget's a lot, a lot of money, especially when you've got such a rebuild. Paul, does that quote that I read there from Michael Beale, does that comfort you at all? Does that, that make you happier about what could potentially happen this summer? And so, sorry, can you say it again? Andrew, what was he saying that we've not got a... Yeah, he said there are no restrictions on budget. There, there's money to spend in the summer. It's a good amount uh, for a Rangers manager compared to what I've seen in previous years. I'm really positive about the summer. No, I think Michael Beals is, as I said, going back to put a wee bit. He was smart about what he said, basically, about getting people. And I think, I think reading between the lines, what I was kind of guessing was that he was saying, look, you need these players in and putting a bit of pressure out in the media there. To be honest, and I like that because at the end of the day, for him to be successful. He needs, he needs the backing of the board um, So I suppose the proof's in the pudding It's going to be over the summertime What kind of players we bring in um, And it has to be good quality players you know, a, a wee bit of a thing I don't really want to go down the English market I think they're overpriced down there We just can't compete 
Um, I think there's a lot of players that are well over the asking price, I would say. And no, I've heard, uh, I think it was Peter Grant in one of the columns or something, I'd said that well, his history at Norwich, where a player we were linked to, had, was injury prone. Um, and I think that's the last thing we need to move We've had a terrific year with injuries. And to be honest, when you look back through the history of our club, we've never had it well with picking players sometimes with Sebastian Rosenthal, Daniel Prodan. Kemma Roofs had been injury prone this year. You know, and the ironic thing is, we could have snapped up John Hartson and we, we knocked him back with a medical. And, well, the rest tells its story, doesn't it? But, um, you know, I just hope we have a. We have to be smarter with recruitment this time. Otherwise, if Michael Beale will for him, I think he needs a year. But if, if he doesn't crack it this year, then you know, questions are going to be asked and, and questions need to be asked by the board. As I said, there's a huge amount of money. We're banged on about it. Um, I think the finances are still to be released. But I'd put a wee bit of pressure on. No, I'd said I'd phoned in a show before and I said when the fans of the Union Bears were going on about Stuart Robertson and uh, Ross Wilson, um, I think Douglas Park, as much as I give him the, the guy credit you know, for helping us you know, stop our, our rivals getting 10 in a row, questions still need to be asked. Where has all that money went? You no know, huge amount of transfer budgets and a Europa League run and a Champions League run. That's a huge amount of money and it's, I've certainly not seen it invested in, in the team, if I have to say anything. But you know, I'm a passionate Rangers fan, but I've, I've also asked questions. Yeah, there are certainly investments that can be made off the field as well. I think Rangers spent a good bit of money on the new Edmiston house that's yeah. been put up as well. So it's maybe not always obvious to fans exactly where the money is being spent. But I think Rangers, you know, they would they would point round and say that they've they've made yeah. changes well, the in training, terms of yeah. uh, the training centre, the stadium, the infrastructure, everything around about it. Um, but to be honest, Andrew, fans are very really interested in that. They want to see success on the pitch. They want to see signings coming in that then lead to sh- more shirts being bought uh, and revenue put back that way and season tickets being bought. Uh, so Paul's right. You, you've not really seen a lot of it reinvested in a good way in the club. That's why it's so important that Michael Beale with those comments and that what the board's offered them gets it entirely right this summer. Well, thank you to Paul. 0141-951-1025. Give us a call and you could be up next. The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's get this full-time teaser up and running. Hopefully it's a bit less eventful than Beat the Pundit was. We're good at this. Is it a difficult one? If we, hey. we can't get any answers, can we use Thomas's phrase? Yeah, absolutely that, not. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Is it for the lazy pony or somebody? <laughs> the lazy pony. I actually don't even have a note who this no, is from, but crazy. it's get you the crazy pony. <laughs> You've heard ponies. that name so many times on this show and uh, still. Well, he's a lazy pony. Come on, he does he come up with <laughs> good one. <laughs> right, full time at Clyde1.com. Your chance to test the pundits on the full time teaser. Want the last nine players. To finish as the top Scottish goal scorer in the English Premier League, so they don't need to have been the outright top scorer in the English Premier League. Just the last nine, nine. players that have been the top Scottish scorer. But you're, you nugging, you're nugging back as far as well, Kevin Gallagher and Duncan Ferguson. These people. No, 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 no. Because it's nine because year. it's every season nine, basically. Nine. Nine oh, years. Oh, the last right. Yeah, Scott, yeah, yeah. Scott McTominay. No. no No chance But remember He doesn't need to be The top goal scorer Snodgrass Robert Snodgrass Correct Yes, yes. yes. Has done it And this will be a clue as well Has done it twice right. Once with Hull City And once with West Ham So it means that well, It's not specific 
No, no, no. Because he only counts as one answer, so it means it goes back further than the nine years, if you get me. Because so some years. of them are some of them are, are doublers, right. essentially. I've done uh, it more than once. Naismith. Stephen Naismith, correct. Everton and Norwich. So yeah. I'll take one Fletcher. more guess each. A Fletcher. Which Fletcher? Anyone you want. The mm. one in the one on your page. Yeah, the one in your Stephen <laughs> Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher. Correct. Yes, well done. One more uh, guess from you. Darren Fletcher. <laughs> no, no, not Darren Fletcher. No. So so Come far, you've got himself. Robert Snodgrass, Stephen Naismith, and Stephen Fletcher. Who did it for? Uh, he did it for. Um, he played for a few, but he was only certainly in this time frame. What club would it have been? Sunderland. Correct. Is Ollie McBurney one? Oh McBurney, that's a good shout as well. Right, you've got four of the oh, nine. Done. That's we a good will shout. Leave that. it there, and we want to get your calls in as well. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Some news coming out <coughs> of the SFA today that Scotland have arranged a glamour friendly against France. That's why there was the beat the pundit question: Who was oh, the last aye. Scottish male yeah. player to score against the French? National team of course it was James McFadden But the SFA have revealed that Scotland will play against France On Tuesday the 17th of October On the Decathlon Arena in Lille So away to France in a friendly Five days before that Away to Spain in a Euro 2024 qualifier That's quite a double header isn't it? It certainly is Good one for the Tartan Army If they're travelling away from home But I mean we're in a place now where we can Sort of compete with the big hitters you know, before you would look at both of those games and go, what are they thinking about, you know, taking on a friendly against France? But our performance against Spain, I think it gave us a lot of optimism. Be a different game out there, right enough, and to follow up against France, well, we all know about France, World Cup finalists, former world champions, all the glamour and glitz that they've got in our team. Good test for our, our young squad. And the players are obviously having to test themselves against Erling Haaland in this European qualifying group, so why not just throw Mbappe in there for a bit of fun as well? Yeah, I like it. I like the fact that you could easily handpick an opponent that you would dominate it. It's all about the workout. Um, and I think you're better playing top quality opposition than playing teams that you would expect to beat anyway. I think you get more out at fitness, sharpness, everything, team togetherness. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea. Friendly against England as well coming up in a few months. That's another huge one. We'll definitely be down there for that, won't we? Mm-hmm. What's that noise? No. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's about the it. most unsure noise that anyone's yeah, ever made. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I, I, Super I, I, scoreboard, though. I'll be on the road. Where is it at? I'll try by. Is it Wembley? No. It's Hamden, isn't it? Oh, is it Hamden? I'll we'll certainly be down there. We'll be down there, <laughs> surely. Brother Glenn, uh, here we come. Of course, the new strip. That's where that was. That's yeah. the last time it'll be worn. Nice no, listen, well, when, in a calendar year, it's a good time to play for Scotland. See if you're in this Steve Clark squad at the minute. Over the last couple of years, it's a terrific time to play for the country. And you think of, you know, the, the qualifying for the Euros, taking part in the Euros on their own doorstep. Um, and then everything World Cup You know Playoff I know it didn't go our way But still a great experience And then you've got This group of games coming up You're right Haaland coming Arguably the best player in the world You know Followed by a Spanish team That's Maybe in a transition period But it'll be tough France England Brilliant player uh, Brilliant time to be in that squad Also a Georgia side That has Kavica Kvaratskhelia Who's been Key to that what do you think? Oh, you shouldn't side. have told good, him where he played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have told him. Good, good player, very He's much a danger man. Yeah, uh, but I think that you say about being a Scotland player. I think it's great time to be a Scotland fan. You know, going along and seeing all these 
fantastic players as you just mentioned there. Hope you don't ask me to repeat it. Um, I just think that uh, getting along as a fan now, you get excited about the international team, don't you? A few years ago, nobody could really be bothered about it. That's all credit to Steve Clark. That's all credit to the players. They brought the excitement back. They brought the love back. The the feelings towards the nation. I'm looking forward to that. I think if we got Gordon D Hill to try and say Kavicha Kvaratskhelia, we would get a number of off-com complaints. So I think I'll, yeah. I'll leave that one. He is well. looking forward to any of that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's an international footballer. If only people could see the face I was looking at when he was saying yeah. that. He's such a liar. Did it, did it even sound convincing? No, I think a lot of people were no. out there pumping their chest going, I'm with a dazzler. Look, Mark and, Mark and I are excited at least. That's the main thing, obviously. Yeah. Big friendly yeah. against England, big friendly against France and of course a huge chance to qualify for Euro 2024 with the way results have gone as well. Of course, today is also the 40th anniversary of Aberdeen defeating Real Madrid I mean that's it's incredible isn't it just just looking back on it the Gothenburg greats you've seen loads of uh, the, the players from that team have been speaking about it and reflecting on it we'll see a lot more this weekend as well I think they're getting they're not being awarded the freedom of Aberdeen the full side which thoroughly deserved but when you look at that come with you get to park anywhere you want in the city. Is it seriously? I don't know. <laughs> it's, got to, it's got to be something. You don't need to use Ringo can, every time you park in the town. <laughs> you can hang your watching anywhere. Is it not one of the, if you get it down in London, you get to walk uh, a goat or something like that across Tower Bridge? There's some strange oh, thing. That, it's like really old-fashioned like laws that it gives you, gives you the freedom to do something really bizarre. Like I've that. always wondered what that was. Oh, you're getting the freedom of the city. Well, means you can, can I, I think it probably meant sure. something at one point, but it's now just like a nice gesture you'd want something though you'd want oh, you'd I mean, want I mean, a, a I mean, monetary value attached yeah. if you gave him freedom of the city he'd just be walking into folks houses oh, and all sorts be uh, but what's very frightening is I look back at that team and I was very fortunate to play against a lot of them and let me tell you they were a sensational outfit Really were some terrific were it, players. Were it, because it's but quite I, hard for me to judge now. I've only I've seen the the, the the footage, but to beat is it Bayern Munich on the way to win that and then beat Real Madrid, were they, they were, outstanding? Th- oh yes, they just Fergie just had that, t- and, and what he did he, he mixed the experience with the younger players coming through, and some of the young players were unbelievable at that time, and. Uh, they were a proper outfit. And that's why you don't go at that time, Mark, in those years gone by and beat teams like you say in Real Madrid in the final if you ain't top quality. I was just about to ask you who stood out in that team, but you just look at the starting lineup, some of the names Jim Layton, Alex McLeish, Willie Miller, Neil Cooper, Gordon Strachan, Neil Simpson, Eric Black. It's just so so many. Peter Weir playing that one? Peter Weir, yep. Mark McGee. The game. Mark McGee started John McMaster yep. He scored the winner uh, John did McMaster know? Yes He's started the sub. as well Oh no Who was the sub um, That scored John Hewitt John Hewitt John yeah. Hewitt John, John Hewitt, Hewitt Yeah with a diving header um, No I, <clears throat> I played against uh, That team In two Scottish Cup finals um, Was that the one I watched That you oh, were ducking it the way uh, <laughs> Miller and McLeish <coughs> Andrew have you seen what? this I was uh-huh. on during lockdown right <laughs> I remember BBC were showing all the games uh-huh. All the old games That's what Sean there he is He's oh. running about up front Against an Aberdeen side I've never seen a centre forward So scared In I, my life I can only take the biggest I can only take the biggest compliment After a game McLeish and Miller Come up To console me Because they, they'd won And I think it was Alec that says to me 
you gave us a harder time there in that full Real Madrid front line this afternoon. <laughs> Just utter nonsense. Just utter, utter nonsense. Never had an easier day at hand than the two. Well, well, I could have played just now <laughs> against them. Right, let's go to the phones. Gordon, uh, I think you've got some thoughts on this. Gordon on the line. Yeah, hello there. Hi, Gordon. Hi, just um, a... In 1983, um, my friend and I, we were over in uh, Copenhagen and uh, we got the ferry over to Gothenburg and we ended up, we, we went to the game and I always remember uh, it was a really wild night. It was, uh, the rain couldn't have come down any harder. And I, I, I'm a big Celtic fan, you know, but my claim is um, that I've seen a, a European Cup winners final I've seen a, a UEFA Cup final. I've seen a Champions League final, you know. So not many people can say that they've got the full cards, you know. So uh, a great occasion. I mean, that's brilliant. Was it just your love of football that took you there, Gordon? I know you're a Celtic fan, but, you know, the fact that it was a Scottish side in the final, you just felt you had to be there? Well, <laughs> we went to Copenhagen uh, because we met two dairy skills on holiday. <laughs> so... <laughs> I honestly thought I was like I, th- I was going in with a love of football and that's why he went yeah. and it's like ah there was followed two Danish girls to Copenhagen uh, and there it? just happened to be a game on across yeah. the and you should see the stunners of the Champions League <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I'll be, I'll be like a football manager I'll just say no comment you know but no a great occasion and um, marvellous times and then uh, staying the you know so the, you know how they're called the, the Gothenburg legends and I, I used to stay right next to Hamden and it's a permit only for um, for parking and Aberdeen were in a semi-final and um, <clears throat> excuse me and I told the lad to get out of the car with his friend and his two kids that they couldn't park there because it was uh, permits only so it he stayed right across from Mount Florida Bowling Club, so he says he, he didn't want to miss going into the bowling club because uh, there was a, a Gothenburg legend, you see. So I told him my story about me being a Celtic fan and being in Gothenburg. So then I said to him, you don't need to get into the bowling club to meet one, you're talking to one, you know. So that was my wee story about being in uh, Gothenburg and, you know, even like a few years ago, it still continued on, you know, so great times, great memories. I tell you yeah, what, you sounded Gordon, like a, I was going to say, you, you sounded like a fellow Gordon him. trying to claim other people's success. You could have charged him to park <laughs> your, your driveway. Never mind the story, Gordon. 30 quid, mate, you can park there for two hours, I'll wash your car for you. I mean, the, the fact that it's well, the last time Real Madrid were beaten in a European final, is that correct? Is that right? Is is it? That, have I made that up? I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll take your word for it But well They've been in a lot of finals since then But that's quite something But just a comparison I know we look at it through the lens of Where we are now Where Real Madrid to Aberdeen is now But even at that stage Real Madrid were still The icons of world football mm. And to think That Aberdeen side went and beat them Extraordinary stuff And uh, now they deserve everything to get that squad uh, if they are getting freedom of say. If I made that up, I'm pretty sure I heard that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can anybody tell us what freedom of say is? Actually? I'd love to know that. I really would. You'd That's love to know, you'd love to know what it gets you. Or yeah. Kirkcaldy 
Freedom of Kirkcaldy ah, Freedom Kirk- of Kirkcaldy what, what would that get you? I'm Kirkcaldy I'm Kirkcaldy I'm Kirkcaldy I could just see you scoring a goal And lifting, lifting up your top And having that I on the sort of undershirt I am Kirkcaldy yeah. No joke If you played in this day and age You'd have something ridiculous like that Wouldn't you? A the, t-shirt the, oh, why, why, why always me? Why always me? Something oh, yeah, like uh, that Yeah Well enough time I scored enough goals So I'd have enough t-shirts wouldn't I? You look at the, you look at the, the Alfredo Di Stefano, the Real Madrid manager for that game as well. What a, a legend to come up against. Well, I was, but Aberdeen had one of their own, arguably the greatest. Oh, um, not you know that at the time what he went on to? But apparently, you know, he just had a, a great understanding of that squad, how he pieced it together. Daz mentioned how he mixed the older players like Willie Miller and Alex McLeish with some of the younger guys that was in there and got the best out of them, drove it with that fear of losing, drove it with the old West Coast bias that everybody in the West Coast is against and created a kind of siege mentality. Didn't it, I don't think anybody would have thought it would have taken him European glory, but shows you how good he was. Just looking at the attendance there, 17,804. Couldn't have been a, a huge stadium for a game like that. Of course, did you want that one out there, Andrew? I'm looking at it on the screen That's why I didn't just pluck that out of thin air. Well I would imagine It was a small stadium For only 17,000 in it you I know, know but I mean, I mean uh, for a European Cup Winners Cup final You'd expect yeah. it to be In a, a bigger A bigger stadium I, I totally agree But Aberdeen will not be um, Arguing with that I can always And I don't remember A lot of goals right But I can always remember The John Hewitt goal In the celebration Always Maybe the organisers held it there because they'd met some girls in Gordon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The year before. I am Gordon. <laughs> right, thank you list. to Gordon. Get your calls in 01419511025. Scottish football's league leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and you can just hear the two of these you hear the story that Gordon DL has just told us during the break go on so what you you say that you're putting that's a true story okay right you you tell it no I was explaining to Mark and I hate to bore people but I'm a bit concerned that it's bin day today as for most people I took my bins out last night and Somebody's stolen my lorry. <laughs> you sure it wasn't a bin, a, like a bin lorry? That comes on a Thursday, Andrew. You have to put out the. My neighbour has just alarmly texted me there. She checked last night and there was no sign in my rubbish. So everyone else's bin is full and yeah. yours is empty. Yeah, somebody's away. It's, uh, do you know, it's freaking out. Uh, do, do you know what it is? I think because you've discussed my net worth, there are people. <laughs> There are people Someone's going to be severely disappointed when they piece together your bank statements <laughs> and see that it's see absolutely nowhere near what we were no talking number. about. Would that not freak you? That would, see, in fairness, that would be weird. I've see if you, <laughs> you owned your bin and none of your rubbish was here. <laughs> There's somebody away down with two big bin bags. Oh, we've not been putting anything dodgy in there, by the way. Uh, well, I don't know about that. We need that. to keep an update. I just imagine his face opening Whatever's that pin lid and seeing the rubbish. <laughs> Stole has got plenty of bad. Just confused. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll leave that rubbish story right there. Let's get on with this teaser. Oh, uh, um, it is the last nine players to finish as the top Scottish goal scorer in the English Premier League. So they didn't need to be the overall top goal scorer, just the top Scottish scorer. So far, you have Ollie McBurney, who was it for Sheffield United, Robert Snodgrass has done it a couple of times with Hull City and West Ham Stephen Naismith at Everton and Norwich Stephen Fletcher did it at Sunderland you've got four you've got five to get we're struggling here Mark McFadden no you are too far back I think oh. Ross McCormick 
Ross McCormick Too far back I would oh. say again I'm, I'm, Jordan Rose didn't score enough No uh, Kearney Tom Kearney No <sighs> you, I think we need to try and get a wee bit of cut of clues here How many have we got to go? You've five? got five uh, to go What about Dorans? Graham Dorans No oh, think uh, there's, one, there's one that's been it for I think the last three seasons Richie that's not who I was talking about Fraser. But yes Matt Ritchie is in there Ryan Fraser is also in there And we'll come later Right on, we'll yeah. get the rest Later on That's fine Always get Ritchie and Fraser mixed up Yeah no We've got to chew them Right okay that's fine We've got three more To get Let's take a look at Kevin Van Veen shall we Because we've talked about the uh, PFA Player of the Year nominees And uh, Stuart Kettlewell Has been talking about Kevin Van Veen Today Because of course he would have been talking about him being nominated and he said that he doesn't believe any Scottish club could afford to buy Kevin Van Veen. Sometimes an offer can come forward that, that you can't say no to. The only way that Kevin would ever be happy about leaving this football club is if he felt it was some sort of offer that would be life-changing for Motherwell. And if it's not, then Kevin Van Veen will remain a Motherwell player. I would be amazed that if a club in Scotland could come up with the, with the money that we would be thinking about for Kevin Van Veen. As it stands, unless somebody was able to put life-changing money down in front of Motherwell and Kevin Van Veen, then he will remain a Motherwell player. Stuart Kettlewell says he'd be amazed if any club in Scotland could come up with the money to prize Kevin Van Veen away from Motherwell. Does that surprise you? Yeah, um, because Motherwell, without being an expert in their finances, they're like every other club, you know, out with Celtic and Rangers, and probably they're the same when it comes to higher up the scale that they're a selling club. Um, <clears throat> don't think Kevin Van Veen grew up with Motherwell posters on his wall that he's got everything to repay them and it's going to be his club to the end of the days um, sometimes at a club you need to strike while the iron's hot and you know when you've got a gem like Kevin Van Veen of course Stuart Kettlewell wants to keep him because he wants to give himself the best chance but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if somebody made a bid for him he's had that, that big an influence and Stuart Kettlewell's saying the right things because he's obviously got to drive the price up mm. for He's, he's front man who's done so well um, But I think there will be offers for him It just I'll be interesting to see how Resolute Motherwell are And, and batting them away Yeah transfer fees are always a hard thing To speculate But he's what 31 years old now He's mm. only got a year left in his contract You just yeah. wonder how much money it would take For Motherwell to sell uh, Well according to the manager It would take a lot And I agree with Mark And I don't blame Stuart Kelly. I think he's Every right to try and get as much money, but I don't think MD will fall for the you know life changing money. First and foremost, if the life changing money come in for uh, Kevin Van Veen, he wouldn't give Motherwell two hoots, he'd be away, and quite rightly so. He's 31, he's at the end of his career, and he's got to make as much as he possibly can. But I totally agree with uh, the way Stuart's going about his business, he's got to protect the club, he's got to drive the fee up. But if a decent bid come in. Motherwell would probably accept it Well let's hear what Kevin Van Veen had to say When he was asked about a similar topic yesterday At the moment I can't say anything Other than I'm focused on Motherwell It's, quite, it's very cliche um, You know, I love playing for the club They gave me a platform to do perform my ability And what I can do um, But what I can I can say by example If the club's getting a, a really good transfer sum In the summer um, To not say no financially For them, like if everything is on a green light I'm more than willing and help Helping the club as well in a financial way. That doesn't mean that I want to leave. But I mean, like, if everybody is happy and 
everybody's thinking is the right thing, then we need to sit around the table and see what's best for a player, but also for the club. Um, so it's probably going to be interesting in the summer to see what's going to happen or what not. But if not, then I'm more delighted and happy to be a movable player anyway. So it's uh, just interesting when your name is going to fly around everywhere, of course. But um, we have to see what's going to happen. Yeah, an interesting answer because he, he says that, you know, if, if Motherwell don't accept any offers, he's more than happy to stay as a Motherwell player because he his love for the club. He says he's really enjoying it there. But also he, he was almost sort of saying to them, don't miss the opportunity to, to get money for th- me if you can this summer. I think he's right. Like Stuart Keltwell is doing the best for Motherwell. That's his job. Kevin Van Veen will do the best for Kevin Van Veen. And Daz is right. He's 31. He's in the last year he's contract. Um, I don't think actually hearing that it'll take an exceptional bid that Stuart Keltwell's saying to get my way I think Motherwell have got to be quite smart with us When he's saying you know he'd be amazed if any club in Scotland could afford him is he taking Celtic out of it for example do you think? Um, well you've got to think so because of course Celtic could could afford him Celtic just wouldn't go for him because it doesn't fit the profile but and then you've got Rangers who are potentially willing to spend £5 million on Malik Tillman so surely that type yeah, of money would but also even if it came to it if a Hearts or an Aberdeen or you know some of the clubs even Hibs were interested I think the deal on the table I don't think you're talking multi-million pounds oh. for a 31-year-old striker who's oh, in the last year he's contract. We're so that's why I'm saying Motherwell have to be we're, cover. We're kidding ourselves on here. He's 31 years of age. He's had a fantastic season. There's no doubt about that. He's got a year left of his contract. Uh, uh, Kevin Van Veen at this moment in time isn't he worth uh, millions of pounds? So there's no, there's no return from that. Um, I think that I, I like the way the boy talks Saying look If I leave the club I'd like to go for decent money Quite right 31 end of career I don't know If he's a boy That's made that much money He's got to retire So he's got to look after himself But it's nice The fact he appreciates the club And what Mother will have done for him But Let's not get silly here With, with silly money That Kevin Van Veen's got to come. Nobody can afford That's nonsense He's 31 Come, come six months time you can leave the club, but you can know you can go and talk to clubs and leave the club next year for free. So you seen this uh, what happened to Rangers, Morelis and Kent. I don't think Motherwell are a very well run club. I don't think they get in that situation. No matter what happens, he'll be remembered as you'd say maybe cult hero status for him because he's a player that the fans absolutely love. Some of the goals he scored this season, as well as the the quantity of goals as well. Yep, um, when it catches the eye, you're right in, in mentioning how he scored those goals. Some of his touches and finishes have been tremendous. Um, I was critical of him early on in the season because I didn't think he was pulling his weight. But I think, you know, new manager quickly got the system right that suited him. And uh, absolutely tremendous. He deserves his place on that list come Sunday. Right, a bit of work to do on this teaser for the top Scottish scorers. The last nine players to be the top Scottish scorer in the English Premier League. You've got Ollie McBurney, Ryan Fraser, Robert Snodgrass, uh, Stephen Fletcher, Stephen Naismith and Matt Ritchie. James Morrison. James Morrison, no. I think there's been a player for the last three seasons who's done it. Playing regularly for the Scottish national team. Stuart Armstrong. No. Don't be so silly. Ryan Christie. No. No, three years in a row. Bill, you come You're up going with to need to be quick here Southampton, striker Oh, Jay Adams Jay Adams, correct oh. Sorry, did you say James MacArthur? 
Yes. Aye. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. That is one of them. <laughs> and then finally, it, but we'll take it. Aye. I think you did, didn't you? <laughs> or have I just made that up? There we go. I've given you a helping hand. We're running. We're running out of time anyway. The final Who one. Did we see you again, need to Andrew? go back. Aye. He played for Stoke. Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. Adam. There you go. So you've got all of them there. But thank you for your calls. <laughs> thank you for your tweets as well. And thank you for listening at home. Gordon Duncan, Hugh Keevans, and Kenny Miller in the studio tomorrow night. Enjoy the rest of your evening. It is Callum Gallagher. It's up next. <laughs>